Good afternoon, my friends and ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show live uh, uh, here on Tuesday afternoons. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, it's about opposing Marxism and critical theory policies in the U.S. military. Because guess what? That now makes you unfit for command. We've suspected it for quite some time uh, that there were Marxists in the leadership of the United States Armed Forces and some senior leaders even. Uh, but with the recent firing of a rising star Space Force squadron commander, now we know for sure. That's why we are talking to a stand together against racism and radicalism in the services or STARS leader today, one of the founders. First partners with our military armed services addressing issues that promote unity, division, uh, not division, and STARS is supporting the Space Force commander who was fired uh, for openly discussing Marxist and critical theory policies in the U.S. Department of Defense. Uh, you know, STARS only seeks to educate military leaders, the men and women that serve, and most importantly, the American people of the dangers of neo-Marxism and critical race theory ideology, which we've been talking about a lot lately. They believe ensuring that the U.S. military remains free of political influence, which is the right way to go, while still adhering to the United States Constitution. Uh, folks, it's vital to the U.S. national security and to a secure and free constitutional republic. Uh, they also envision service academies and armed forces that will always faithfully serve the American people while remaining apolitical, colorblind, and unified STARS Incorporated's founders began their efforts in response to a Black Lives Matter propaganda-laden video published by the U.S. Air Force Academy coaches in the summer of 2020. Uh, they are also supporting, as I said, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, commander of the 11th Space Warning Squadron at Buckley Air Force Base, Colorado, who was relieved from his post Friday by Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting, the head of Space Operations Command, over a loss of confidence in his ability to lead. And what he didn't say is because the firing came after CD Media's or Creative Destructive Media's interview with Colonel Lomar, where he detailed his belief the U.S. Armed Forces are facing a Maoist revolution. Lieutenant Colonel Lomar was relieved of command Friday evening. Lomar recently published a book called The Irresistible Revolution. Subtitled Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. My guest today is one of the founders of STARS, retired Lieutenant General Rod Bishop. General Bishop held many key positions throughout the United States Air Force, where he commanded airmen at every operational level, including two squadrons, an operations group, an airlift wing, a numbered Air Force, and Air Command Europe while also completing numerous strategic air force and joint assignments throughout the department of defense sir welcome to the rob mana show we certainly really appreciate you coming on with us today i know you're traveling hey rob it's great to stop at this rest area and, and have a conversation with you well, thank you, sir. I, I do sincerely appreciate it, and I appreciate all the work that you and other academy graduates and officers are doing, and, and, and I know I've been working with quite a few of them the last year since we saw this, this really, really, really strange episode start arising that got y'all's attention. 
out at the Air Force Academy is where all this really, really kind of started and started the organization called STARS growing, didn't it? Yeah, it sure did, Rob. I mean, as, as you uh, said in your intro, um, in fact, one of the members you've had on your show before, Dr. Ron Scott, um, alerted me to a video that the coaches had put together. There was a headline in the Gazette Telegraph that day that said, Air Force football takes firm social stance with video in support of Black Lives Matter. And I kind of went, huh, really? I mean, come on, why, why is our football team going political here all of a sudden? And so the superintendent at the time, uh, I had worked for me when he was a colonel, and I put him in his one-star billet, so I thought I knew him pretty well, and I wrote him a note that said, hey, Soup, uh, you know, if you want to put together a video that says the Air Force Academy and Air Force football stands against racism, you will have 51,000 graduates standing arm in arm with you and saying amen. But if you're going to use the slogan of a Marxist found organization, it's going to be divisive. And little did I know how prescient that comment was because as, as we came, to, I mean, that there was Ron Scott, Dr. Scott, myself, yeah. and about two other people I put on an email. And all of a sudden we're finding out, well, so-and-so has written, so-and-so has called. And literally there were tens of phone calls, hundreds of emails from all disparate people, mostly grads in the Air Force going to the superintendent, asking to please, would you please separate our alma mater from a Marxist organization? Those calls, including two Zooms with the athletic director and the football coach, went pretty much ignored. <clears throat> in September, that started in July, two months later in September, the football coaches put together another video, but they left the old one up. And so we said, well, wait a minute, guys. Uh, you know, the intent here was to not be divisive. If you're going to leave something that's still divisive up. So we started working with the incoming superintendent. We fed him lots of information. Um, and he told us he agreed with the message of the video initially. I'll stop there because I could rattle on, but unless you want me to keep going. Well, I do, I do want you to keep going. Uh, let me make a slight adjustment here. The technology seems to overcome us sometimes, sir. <laughs> the, uh, there is no man behind the curtain on this show. I'm the producer. For you, so uh, uh, I appreciate your patience with us. But, but I, I do want you to keep going. But, but let me ask you, uh, so, so they basically ignored you. And these are... And I'm just going to say, look, these are men and women in charge of the Air Force that I know. I mean, my peers are now three and four stars. Uh, I retired in 2011. So I know all these men and women. They're not crazy people. They're, no. they're not. <clears throat> and I know they're honorable and ethical, but I don't understand what we're now seeing. It took you guys a little bit to get the organization uh, up and running an official. I went to the website today. Can you rattle off that website? It's stars.us. Is that, is that correct? That's great. Stars with two R's for racism yeah. and radicalism in the services. And please, yeah. um, I'm, I'm betting on you there, Rob, that you can bring us more new members today than we did yesterday on the war room with Steve Bannon. We had over a thousand people uh, give us their email yesterday to, to join our group. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, I was going to ask you uh, uh, another set of questions here. Uh, so, yeah, that's my next question. 
do I have to be a, a service academy graduate or a student to join STARS, or is this open to everybody, anybody that wants to help? No, we, um, that's one of the reasons, uh, great question. It's one of the reasons we went to a 501C3 instead of a 501C19, which requires a higher percentage of uh, veterans or people associated with the military. So yeah, it's open to the uh, entirety of American population that want to stand up against this Marxist invasion. We used to call it infiltrating. When we first started to leave off where I finished or started on that story, uh, you, you know, we that come. This is now September, a few months later, and we're still seeing the video up. And that's about the time when we started to learn about this thing called critical race theory. And it seemed like every corner we turned, we found another example. And thankfully for us Air Force people, uh, our academy, we don't feel is it as infected as West Point and Annapolis are. I mean, you've heard about another case out there. I won't go into it because it's still under settlement. But in some of our lawyers were assisting uh, Naval Academy and some of the grads. And that, now we're coming across social media posts from Naval Academy grads in uh, professors and others assigned to the Naval Academy kind of uh, being vulgar against the police and supporting Black Lives Matter. And we're going, whoa. Wow. And then and then we hear uh, from West Point that they're having these stand down days on their own where they're being required to watch uh, movies produced by uh, left wing Hollywood with left wing uh, politicians and left wing media. Uh, that are a part of the movie. And we're going, well, well wait a minute, where's the balance? <clears throat> so come the uh, about the middle of September, as you may remember, President Trump put out an executive order banning critical race theory. And we go, good. So um, we had two options at that point in time because the video was still up. Well, maybe three. We could have just withdrawn and said, okay, you guys win. Leave the video up. You've produced a no new one. Thank you very much. But Everyone said, no, wait a minute, this is bigger now. As we turned every corner and saw critical race theory elsewhere, we felt like we there, we wanted to have a teaching moment um, because we feel like most people are, are going into this innocent. They've just been insidiously indoctrinated, as I think you were starting to infer, and they just didn't realize what was happening to them. <clears throat> so, um, so the other two options, since we discarded that one, were, well, the Air Force Academy apparently wants this video out in the public square. We can make it go real public for them. <laughs> we can call up Rob Gannis and, you know, and get on a bunch of shows and, and talk about it. But what was that going to do at that point in time? At yeah. that point in time, that was going to cause more of what was already happening, and that was donors. In fact, my wife just read to me today, writing down the road, an email sent to the president of the Air Force, the CEO of the Air Force Foundation and the AOG, Association of Graduates, that said, I'm not giving the Academy one red dime uh, because of, you know, it's going woke. And he referred, he referred that gentleman to STARS because that's where we're about. We didn't want to see people draw support away from the school that I certainly love, uh, nor did we want people to say, forget the military. So we said, well, um, you know, we believe saying Black Lives Matter seven times in an angry tone in a three minute period is crossing a political line. 
So if you look at the applicable Air Force and DOD regulations, it sure seemed like it. So we did the other option, which was file an inspector general complaint. And it took uh, uh, almost two months, a little bit after the election, about a week, week after the election, when President Biden had, President-elect Biden at the time had already determined that he was going to do away with the <clears throat> critical race theory executive orders that the IG found that, nope, Black Lives Matter isn't political. But now, fast forward to today, and we have someone, and I'm not uh, attacking the Air Force or the uh, Air Force leadership. As you and I both know, as Air Force veterans, uh, you serve at the pleasure of the, of the command and of the Air Force. So I'm not going to criticize their leaders. They, they have their reasons. Um, hopefully, they're constitutional reasons for relieving uh, Lieutenant Colonel Willmeyer of, of command. Um, but from where we sat, you know, okay, so the IG uh, in our case is saying, no, this isn't political. Wow, we just started scratching our heads. So we said, okay, I guess the other option then is the nuclear option, and that's start to make it public. Yeah, and so yeah, we General, started. General Bishop, so, so when you filed your complaint, and, and the IG's answer was no, this is not partisan political messaging. Correct? Is that is that the words they the, use? You know, it was no, not exactly. It was very, very curt letter. You know, we, we find nothing wrong with, and they referred to uh, Office of Special Counsel finding that said Black Lives Matter in the workplace was okay, <laughs> but um, so. You know, but if you show that video to anyone, I have not, I've shown that video to probably at least 50 people. And then I, I show them the video, then I say, and the Air Force says that that's not political. I've had no other reaction other than a scoff. Yeah. It's, uh, I've, I've watched the, the, the original video and, uh, and the remake of one. It's partisan. Because the Democrat Party has has uh, taken Black Lives Matter as a concept on as their own, in my opinion. And, uh, and you have to forgive me. I've run for office uh, a couple of times, so I'm in politics. I'm a kind of a weird mix of a, of a military officer in politics. And I'm going to call out the political appointees here. Like you said, I'm, I'm not going to call out the commanders. Those folks have to make decisions every day about who's fit, who's unfit. You know, uh, and discipline decisions, those kind of things. But well, well you, you do the secretary to... and the secretary of the Air Force are political appointees, and I'm calling them out right now. You need to investigate this to make sure that a command that commanders haven't been put in a position where they feel a need to say someone's unfit because they're calling out Marxism uh, and critical theory and critical race theory, which is a clear Marxist concept according to every everything I've ever read on it from Harvard uh, to the media. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Well, you know, you, you call out who you need to do. You introduced us as being an organization that wants to stay apolitical. Exactly. We, we, just like Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer, are attacking the ideology. <clears throat> this insidious uh, ideology that, again, we used to say infiltrated uh, or crept, but now we say invaded, has invaded our military. We want to keep that out because we see firsthand how divisive it is. For example, just as we're going through this time, about the time of uh, President Trump's executive order, uh, I get a visit from a cadet I know at our cabin in the mountain. 
and we're sitting outside on the deck and he says, you know, General Bishop, I've wanted to go to the Air Force Academy my entire life. You know that. I, I know I know that because I've known him and his family since before he was born. And he said, but I got to tell you, the academy is the worst place in the world to be as a white male Christian. And I go, wow, I mean, that just broke my heart. Oh, why are you saying that? Well, it's, you know, it's just this wow. insidious stuff. And I talked to, a, a, really, is this a one-off? So I called up a cadet that we had sponsored for four years. And I said, hey, guy, is it, why didn't you tell me about this? Is this true? And he said, well, you know, I didn't notice it. But now that I look back on it, it was like the culture was changing underneath my feet. And so, I mean, those those were two so now I'm starting to, and I said, well, you know, okay, there's two people. Do me a favor. Go out and ask some of your friends. So he called me back the next week and says, I've talked to eight of, eight of my friends, and they all say the same thing. And I said, we're of any, any of different skin color than you. Yeah, two of them were black. And they all felt the same thing. And, this and isn't talking group, about what, the superintendent because, I'm sorry. What age group is this? I'm, these are lieutenants. So recent okay. grads. Okay. Wow. So, so I mean, that was kind of an eye opener. And uh, so now we're in November and the IG comes out and says, yeah, no harm, no foul. And so we said, well, we got to go down the road, I guess, then of, uh, of publicizing it. But we, again, didn't want to do it. So, you know, very week by week would say, okay, well, we're going to have to do this. And then I'm writing to the head of the Association of Graduates, copying the superintendent, <laughs> saying, okay, we hate to do this, but please give us all 50,000 plus email addresses of all the academy. And at the same time, we're reaching out saying, could we have a dialogue? Could we talk? Mm -hmm. Could we, yeah. and because of COVID, we met in Zoom. And we did some things uh, behind the scenes, you know, to help facilitate the decision. But the President Superintendent, I give him a lot of credit. And this uh, is a great message, I think, for your audience is, you know, because people always ask, well, what can I do? What you can do is engage. If you engage and you push back and you want to have a dialogue, and I hope we have time here to, to show you some of the successes we've had at the Academy through engaging, because we're blessed to have a superintendent at the United States Air Force Academy that listens, and, and he, he wants to be apolitical. But as you pointed out, and I'm, uh, this is as political as I will get, I don't think Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer would have been dismissed if President Trump had been reelected. You get my point. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I a lot and, of that, and that's my concern with the political appointees, sir, and that is that they, they have, there is now an environment where commanders who are apolitical feel a need to take action on things they wouldn't normally have taken action on. Uh, that, that's what I'm real, what I'm really worried about as, as a, somebody that's been active in politics uh, and, and why I want to get this out there, because I'm going to have my folks, uh, uh, not only join your organization, but, but I want them to send a note to the secretary of defense and the secretary of the air force and say, Hey, what is going on? If this doesn't look right, you know, yeah. uh, that's, that's great, Rob. And the other yeah. thing they can do is if they know leaders, I mean, that's, we're having this dialogue and I mean, I know the superintendent probably doesn't like a, a former fellow third air force commander bugging him all the time. But, you know, I'm saying, come on, Rich, you know, well, I'll give you an example on that. Uh, just a, uh, well, maybe three weeks ago or so, um, uh, probably 10 or 12 grads 
wrote a letter, which was probably somewhat precipitated by stars. Do, were you aware, have you talked on your show about the um, guidance that the politicians put together for the Secretary of Defense to sign that went out to all the units on this extremist down day? Have, yes, have you talked about I, okay, I so all that, so all fact, four cases. I have a staff sergeant's son in the Air Force right now that's had the training, so I'm, I'm very okay. well aware. So for your audience who might not be aware, all four case studies, all four of them, were white supremacist case studies from 2019. It was like the leftist-inspired extremism that we experienced as a nation across Seattle, Portland, Minneapolis, mm -hmm. New York, you, na you name the city, didn't happen in 2020. So, you know, stars went to the superintendent and said, you know, General Clark, if that's what the academy is going to put forth on your extremist down day, you're going to lose probably half of the cadet wing. And I sent it to a present cadet. I sent the, it was 13 pages of guidance. And I said, look at the case studies. We're trying to get the superintendent to also mention that there's extremism on both sides of the coin. <clears throat> and his reply was, thanks for trying, General B, but they'll only give the white su supremacy case studies. I mean, that told me that told me something right there. But we kept on it, and we hit, hit them about two or three more times with, you know, some, some methods that we have to, you know, send messages to three stars. And, uh, and in the end, when he introduced that day, he said, I want, to, want you to make sure everybody know there's extremism on both sides. But the materials that have been provided by the Secretary of Defense and the Air Force were still all white supremacist examples. So then some grads got together that wrote an article, maybe you saw it, caught it a couple of weeks ago in the Military Times, and they put uh, this uh, article together, the title of which was Enough About Taking Sides, uh, The Only Extremism That Counts is White Supremacy and, and White uh, Extremism. <laughs> so, you know, we saw that and you go, you got to be kidding. So we get in touch with the Military Times editor. We write uh, a STARS uh, approved response that defended because they called out the superintendent and they called out uh, the uh, AOG uh, CEO, retired lieutenant general, former superintendent. And so we put together an article defending both of them and saying, you know, let's all be Americans, basically. We're all, we're all, one, we're all one humanity. <laughs> and the Military Times wouldn't publish it. So really? why is that? Why is that? <laughs> I asked, but we haven't gotten an answer. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll publish it, sir. I've got a website, and I'll publish it, and I'll get it out if you want me to publish it. I have no problem. Well, you know, I, I sent it to the superintendent with a note that said, uh, hey, General Clark, uh, sorry, uh, we were trying to stand up for you and General Gould, and he came back and said, I'd just as soon not have it be published because it's dying. And, you know, we, we had to we had to change some of the words because we were fearful that uh, the, the left would come after the superintendent, giving what we were, I'm, I'm sure, even though we're trying to stay apolitical, would be seen as a conservative group. I mean, we had, for example, outstanding leadership. Well, no, that might be seen as too negative by the left. So we better take out the word outstanding. So, you know, we just had General Clark has demonstrated leadership. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he saw the same yeah. thing. He said, no, you know, other people, I just want to stay apolitical and keep our focus on the oath. 
And we said, amen, because that's where it should be, on the Constitution and on our oath of office. Not that's dividing us by, Yeah, not, not dividing us by, do you have blue eyes, green eyes, or what the color of your skin is? Well, that's good news, <laughs> sir, because I, I know Rich. Uh, we're peers, as a matter of fact. Uh, oh, we're the same year, original year group. So, uh, plus, I've flown with him in, the, in a certain platform that is the best bomber to ever be built on the face of the earth in the history of mankind the bone uh and uh and and, and he he's one of those men and women that i talked about at the beginning i know these men and women they are not crazy and they're not political uh so that that's good news that he stood up and and at least did the right thing from his perspective although yeah. it's really it's really scary that the secretary of defense's office and the secretary of the air force's office continued to press because that's you know, uh, as I mentioned, my son is a staff sergeant in the Air Force, and, and he told me about the scenarios and, and, and the whole training, you know. So it's, it's really disturbing that that training material and direct set of directives continued on down to the line supervisor and, and bottom line down to the lowest of the rank. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they have to take what they're given uh, if, they, if the SECDEF's office refuses to change it. And it just really disturbs me that that happened because you know what the outcome is going to be. It's going to be some long range, far reaching effects uh, that you have no idea how that stuff's been ingested and, uh, and digested by the young men and women who have volunteered to serve this country that will come sure. out much later. Yeah, it, it is definitely, Rob, uh, just slamming a wedge right into the heart of unit cohesiveness. And that, that's why, I mean, some of us have been working this for 12 hours a day, <laughs> uh, almost every week, just, just because we're so passionate. I, I tell my wife that uh, this is the poorest paid job I've ever had, um, but I feel like it's the most important mission I've ever been on. Um, because we, we, we just really would pray that we can make our country and especially our military take a turn and distance itself uh, from from this uh, ideology that again just tears at the moral fabric of what our military should all be about it, do, it does and it, it it not only tears at the moral fabric it tears at the team fabric and you, you touched on it a second ago sir and that is you know i mean People like us that have been in command and, and, and the spouses that are, and families that have been part of the military know that, you know, if I'm flying in a combat aircraft into a combat mission, uh, I have never in my life ever considered even the gender of one of the other crew members as it relates to trust of the ability to do the mission or, or to save my life if necessary. That's the kind of relationships we have with our team in the military. So my last combat uh, deployment, I was a squadron commander. If I were in that environment today, and my, my, say my, I have black officers, which I did, uh, then I, I go back and I think about that and I go, well, would they trust, would they be trusting me when, when the, the DO is assigning them the sorties? Uh, you know, would they be trusting me if I if I need them to do additional duty of some sort, like supervisor of flying? Do they trust that I'm making the right decisions? And I think this shatters that trust based yep. on skin color. Yep. It's yeah, a, I mean, that's the way I feel. Right about, that? Is that, 
Well, that's certainly the way I feel, although, you know, through the course of December, January, and February, we had three Zoom meetings with the soup. And uh, in working with his uh, staff, uh, they said, well, we're going to have these people uh, on the soup side. And I, I answered and said, well, wait a minute. There, we shouldn't be taking sides on this issue. We should all be on the same team. If we see racism, squash it on the spot. We all want to be one. You know, we want to put our arms around one another. We don't want to say sides. But they had a number of uh, black uh, grads on it. And they informed me that in their career, that the people who understood that the black community within the Air Force um, least understood that the black community somewhat felt oppressed were uh, white general officers. And I go, wow, I, I guess I must have missed something because in the seven commands I had in the Air Force, I had a black first sergeant, I had a black command chief, and I had a black deputy. And I would have thought that one of those people would have told me that was the case. And so I called up a retired four-star friend. So between the two of us, we had 78 years. And I said, how many instances of racial injustice or racial examples did you see? He had none. I had one. It was at a squadron party. I overheard a racial slur. And I went up to the microphone, told everybody to stop what they were doing. And I said, look, that kind of stuff doesn't happen in this unit. We are all one team. Guess what? Six months later, that squadron went on to be the outstanding squadron in the Air Force, period. You know, you squash it on the spot. If somebody feels uh, victimized or oppressed, boy, um, I would have to look at their commanders because they didn't create the right command climate, I think, because at least I want to think that the seven commands I did pe had people were blessed to have. People would come forward if something was a mess. Yeah, I'm with you, sir. I've, I've asked all of my peers that I've worked closely with, and most importantly, subordinates, if they had seen any of this kind of thing, either in my command or in commands we were around. Uh, and, and it's zero. It's zero. You know, and, and I came from the wing, water to the wing level and was a vice wing commander, too. So, so those are not small notions of the population. You know, and, uh, it's, and, and when I was a vice, we had a black uh, uh, command chief, too. So, I mean, and my boss, at the wing commander, my first boss was a black general officer. So I never got anything from him or or any feedback from him going on in any of the related to me. And, and there's plenty of, according to what these grads are telling y'all, uh, there seems to be a lot of this and plenty of opportunity for it, but where is it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I've, I've asked, in fact, we just saw a cadet that we know this past week because we're, we were in uh, Washington State here visiting our daughter. And uh, he was going through, coincidentally, a survival school at Fairchild. And we had a little bit of discussion uh, on that. I mean, are, are you seeing any of this that... You, you know, that the media is pushing and all. It was interesting, though, to watch two, I think it was two combat commanders about two weeks ago testify, and they both said, I have zero indication that I have any type of extremism uh, in either of my commands. But yet, somehow, in fact, I called up uh, an SES that you might know if I said his name, but I won't, 
because he was over in Third Air Force uh, with us, and uh, uh, he's he's now in on the Sa Secretary of the Air Force's staff. And I was asking about the guidance that the Air Force put out for that extremist down day, and I said, "Why why in the world will we put out so, such one-sided examples? I mean, don't people realize that we're guilting the majority of the population by?" you know, holding those things up and don't, don't they see how divisive people are, people are going to feel resentment for that. And he goes, General, come on, you know, the political environment, look who's running the country and look who's driving the media. That was his answer. That's, those weren't my words. So I think that, ex that, that explains a lot about what, you know, what, what we have to stand up and fight against. Well, that we've always managed to, uh, for, I mean, it's not been perfect, but I, I spent a little bit over 30 years on active duty and grew up in it. My dad was a, a retired Air Force Master Sergeant, so I was born into the Air Force, literally. Uh, and, I mean, there's always been a little bit of, of stuff, you know, uh, that comes in from culture because, I mean, we are a microcosm of the culture of America, really, especially now that we're all volunteer force. But there's never been such an overt uh, push from the senior people in the services to to push an ideology like what we're seeing with critical theory and the neo Marxism, and, and it literally is Marxist ideology. This type of critical theory. Court. I'm just motioning. My my wife's here, and I had a pretty good uh, battery power, but it's it's showing red, so I might go in this building. It's we're at a rest stop. It's a welcome center for Oregon. And see if she, there's okay. nobody in there. She might. Uh, so we'll, we'll try to. Well, that'd be try great. to adjust here as we can. That'd, that'd be great. Yeah. But but you know, I'm just never. What's really startling is senior people on the the civilian seniors, uh, and some are former military, as you know, uh, are are allowing this to be pushed, uh, and it's and it's a, it's a partisan ideology now, especially now, uh, and. We've fought for our entire existence. It's ex entire existence. It's an enemy of the American Constitution, uh, mm -hmm. is what Marxism is, and this type of theory, this critical theory or critical race theory. There's more than just critical race theory, folks. By the way, uh, would, there's a would lot you of other uh, things. Let's see if she can open in. it. If she has a cord, we can plug this. So, Sorry, we're, there, we're just trying to make sure thing. we get energy here. Yes, sir. Is there any any chance that we can get some senior leaders to stand up and say, no, we can't, we, we have to keep the military fenced off from this political uh, infiltration? Yeah, uh, that's, that is a goal of, of STAR, Rob, and another great question. Um, yesterday on Steve Bannon's show, uh, after the first commercial break, he, you know, comes over and he's talking to me on the phone and he says, hey, General, we're going to win this thing. And I said, well, I hope you're right, Steve. And he goes, no, we're, we're going to win this thing. We have the moms. We have the vets. You're helping us get the vets. So we're going to win this thing. And I said, yeah, but we, what we also need are the senior leaders of the services. So to circle back on what we were talking about earlier with the example I gave um, in General Clark in that article that some grads uh, wrote, oh, this is great. We're getting an extension cord out here. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, what, what General Clark 
said no he didn't want us uh you know engaging uh anymore with the with the media and the press um yeah we uh on, on that particular topic we go we get it but i wrote him back and he said you know i don't want to be seen as one side or the other and i said i understand that rich general clark however we do need senior leadership to start pushing back and you're part of the senior leadership of the air force you have to push yeah. back on uh, what the politicians are uh, uh, forcing down. On, uh, it sounds strong, but in some respects, particularly what I hear is happening at West Point, um, you know, being graded on how much you support critical race theory was was an instance I worked last. I mean, that, that stuff, we, we just got to try to educate the right people. And that's, as you very well um, gave our um, uh, our mission as is trying to educate people and please yeah. please people understand we're not trying to be par partisan we're just trying to push back on an ideology um, and yeah, it seems that, like uh, go, ahead. No, go ahead no go ahead what well, I was going to get gonna, I was just going to transition over to Lieutenant Colonel Lomar Lomar here for a bit uh, as was uh, I <laughs> okay, go ahead, sir. That's, uh, we're on the same page. <laughs> so, so let me tell you how we came to know about him. So we put in our IG complaint, and uh, we're about having to go public. Now we're back in November timeframe, and we said, well, we really don't want to go public, so let's you know keep inching it up. And I mentioned writing a, an email to the CEO of the Association of Graduates and copying the superintendent, asking for all the emails. Right. And uh, I said, you know, okay, so if we're going to go public, let's go public light first. And so my next door neighbor, who you've heard a little bit of this story because he's the guy that helped Dr. Scott break the Hunter Biden laptop story, <laughs> he's a former Fox News reporter. I asked him to uh, write an article for us uh, about stars. Uh, although we didn't even have a name yet then about our efforts of what we have been up to to try to get the Air Force to distance itself from this Marxist ideology. And he wrote it and our, our intended audience was the Colorado Springs Gazette. Well, he, he said he knew the editor. He, the editor told him, yeah, we're going to publish it. The editor was also a reporter for the Washington Examiner. So we're going, okay, well, Washington, and the Air Force and Colorado Springs, those are two good audiences. We won't go nationwide, but they never published it. So about three weeks went by and I asked, um, um, his name is Bernson. <clears throat> I asked Mr. Bernson if we could uh, take it to uh, another one of our members who owns his own media company. And he posted it out on some conservative websites. And Colonel Lohmeyer's dad saw the article and sent it to Colonel Lohmeyer, to his son. And okay. so Colonel Lohmeyer uh, called me up the next day and we had a great talk, told us he was writing a book, told us he had studied uh, Marxism for two years. I mean, this, this guy, I can only say this about one person um, or else it would be a false statement. He is by, by far the most articulate of officer of any service I've met in my entire 38 years in uniform or my 12 years since. Uh, he is so sharp and articulate. 
And, you know, yeah. from my perspective, he's taken the right uh, approach on this. He hasn't criticized the uh, leadership. He hasn't. He's, in fact, he praises leadership. If you've seen all that he's been talking about. But what he's taking issue is, is what he learned and what he considers to be um, extremist ideology on the left. And he made the point. I don't know if you saw his show last night. He made the point with uh, Hannity uh, that. You know, the Secretary of Defense came out and asked us to stand against extremism. Well, this is a form, this Marxist ideology is a form of extremism when it's striking at the heart of what our Constitution and our oath are telling us we should be standing up for against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yeah. <laughs> this is a domestic enemy. People don't understand that, I think. They haven't come to realize that. But if you look at the divisiveness that it causes within a unit, that is an enemy. That is what Abraham Lincoln was telling us about, the enemy within, I think. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's a much more dangerous enemy than, than these uh, white supremacists, uh, the, the goats that I, I say that Chris Ray uh, is MAGA grandmas from January 6th and those kind of people. Uh, this ideology, uh, I mean, we, we've spent trillions of dollars defeating the old Soviet Union at East, Eastern Bloc uh, on the same ideology because of the same ideology. Uh, so, it, it, you know, Colonel Lomar has identified it and, and has seen enough facts. And it seems to me, I've seen, I've seen some clips of his, of his talks and, and skimmed the book. That he that he has enough facts to to really state definitively that yes it has happened we have policies that are neo Marxist and, and critical theory policies and I, and I don't mean to exclude the word race out of that but it's a they're critical theory policies there's not just a race that could be associated with transgenderism homosexuality uh, uh, white supremacy uh, all of those types of things that are designed to divide uh, to divide uh, peoples and teams, uh, and this team, the DOD team, is the most important team that that most Americans used to trust. You know, uh, my career, the polling on that was at about eighty-seven percent. Uh, you know, it's down to fifty-six percent right. in the last year. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, but so but, but your point, yeah, but your point, your point is spot on. Um, I I've ordered I think six or seven copies of Matt's book, but they've come since I've been on this trip, so I haven't had a chance to read it yet. But I'm told he gives two examples in the book that really resonated with me, and I heard him I heard him tell these examples because I invited him to speak to the Stars Group early on. Once we established contact, and we found like you know we're hey we're we're in the same battle space here. We're we're fighting the same enemy. Boy, you are so articulate. Would you come and, and talk to the STARS group? So he spoke to, I want to say, 35 of us early on. And two examples that really resonated with me is as a very conscientious, you, you, you've seen him, you can see how conscientious he is. Yeah. He told the stories of uh, that he interviews everybody getting out of his squadron. And one week he had a black uh, female airman who wanted to separate from the Air Force early. And of course he's, well, why do you want to get out early? And she says, I was brought up to think that America was my country, but now that I've been in the Air Force, I'm finding that I'm an outsider in my own country. And I didn't realize that until the Air Force has taught me that. And I go, wow, 
<laughs> you know, what, what, wow. how are these messages getting through? And he said, then, then the next week, I believe it was the next week, a white male airman came to him and he said he wanted to get out. Well, why do you want to get out? He said, I'm tired of the identity politics. So wow. he makes, he made a very good point to the group and one that I can see in talking with cadets and officers uh, throughout the Air Force and other services. Um, and that point is, if we don't change course a little bit, in fact, you know, you, you probably are the same boat as I've been. We, in our retirement age, we still do retirements. And I, I got to tell you, the last four or five retirements I've done, mostly for colonels and one lieutenant colonel, they all have told me it's not the same Air Force when you were in General Bishop. So yeah, we need we need to turn this ship a little bit. <laughs> get get us back yeah, on course. Yeah. yeah, because if we're back on course, uh, I mean the damage can be uh, uh, irreparable. Quite frankly, the damage to the capability that the military is there for, and that's the the fine fight, uh, find America's enemies, uh, you know, fight them and win uh for for the united states you know uh, there's no way that we could accomplish those goals uh that purpose uh with the team the way uh folks are being taught and and the young lady the young african-american ladies uh colonel omar is really telling and compelling yeah well something else that was telling to me because it goes to a point you were making earlier is uh, just I mean, how did this happen without, I mean, it seems like we we're asleep at the switch or something, because aside from being in the same battle space, we found out we had another commonality with Colonel Lohmeyer, and that is he had filed an IG complaint. And his IG complaint, I mean, the guy has a lot of courage, was against his base commander. And the reason he filed that IG complaint against the base commander was within the month after President Trump issuing his executive order, base commander continued to require critical race theory training. I think the book of that month was why, why, oh, so you want to talk about race. I mean, so I went on Amazon and looked at, you know, what Amazon has to say about it. I go, holy, we're making, okay, if we're going to make them, what I like to say, if you're going to make people read white fragility, then you should make them read white guilt because we want to develop critical thinkers, I would hope, in our Air Force. We don't want to indoctrinate them into one ideology or the other. Expose them to everything, but you know, don't force something down the throat. So coincidentally, ours was just after the election on, in Matt's case, on January 6th, the Space Force IG found, I mean, to me, I mean, it, it comes across. I mean, how do I do this without criticizing the leadership here? But I, I, I guess as an outsider looking in, um, when when you disobey a direct written order of the commander of chief, there's no repercussions. Sadly, uh, sir, uh, there apparently was more of that disobeying direct orders from that particular command in chief, commander in chief, and their lawful orders too, not crazy ones. Uh, yep. So uh, I have to say, unfortunately, I'm not surprised, but I am a bit taken aback that uh, that an Air Force colonel is getting away with that. A group commander is able to get away with that without being. Oh, don't worry. He, he was on the brigadier general list the next day. I'm sure. Uh, that shouldn't scare anybody. Actually, you ought to be scared to death, folks, uh, uh, and uh, join up 
uh, I'll say this again, uh, join stars, S-T-A-R-R-S.us, uh, get on their email list because uh, these folks are genuine apolitical Americans that want to make sure that the right things are being done. Uh, and you mentioned the book, the reading list, you know, I don't have a problem either with, with uh, tough subjects being on generals, admirals, colonels, reading list. I, I did the same thing myself, but, but what I have a problem with is the indoctrination of this stuff. And it sounds like it's more like an indoctrination program than it is uh, a uh, developing your professional depth and breadth so you have an idea of what's going on. Uh, you know, so so at, at, at the risk of uh, upsetting the left, I guess, uh, about your former uh, airplane mate, uh, the president superintendent of the Air Force Academy. Let, let me again share with you some good news stories on what it, what standing up and speaking up can do. So a couple of good news stories on, on General Clark. He took the old video down, produced a new one. Good. That, that, that's pretty good. Uh, num number two, um, uh, he, th th we found out there was a diversity inclusion reading room inside the Air Force Library. And so we sent some cadets over to say, hey, well, what kind of books are in there? Black Panthers, um, early Malcolm X, Black Lives Matter, History of a Martyr, one book, one book from Martin Luther King. So we raised that in one of our Zooms, made the pitch that we just made to your audience here. You know, let's, what, where's the balance? You're gonna read White Fragility? Where, where are the books from Shelby Steele, from Jason Riley, from Carol Swain, you know, the black Americans that have a totally different point of view. On, Martin Luther King, more books yeah. from Martin Luther King. I, I mean, I see him as a model we should all be following. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was, we think, another big success. And I already mentioned the extremist down day. So, um, I mean, th those are three good things, I think. And then we've, we've provided him a list of speakers, starting with Senator Tim Scott. Uh, Condoleezza Rice, uh, uh, Shelby Steele, and a number of other prominent black Americans for next year's National Character and Leadership Symposium. And he seems to be receptive. Let's, you know, I'm sending it to my team. Let's, let's see what we can do. And we sent him a whole list of other books for the diversity, including Reading Room, and said, hey, we'll buy them for you if you want. Uh, so, I mean, that's what people can do when you start to speak out and push back. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to push back with threats. I like the way you guys are, are doing it. I, I read I read some of the website and talking about those situations with General Clark already. But so we don't have to be mean about pushing back, but we do have to stand up and push back. Uh, and we have to do it at not just at the service academy level. Uh, we've got to do it all up and down the United States uh, government and state governments all the way down to, you know, your PTA. We've really got to push back on because it's, it, it's not just troubling, but it's wrong. It's wrong history. It's wrong. Uh, it's wrong values for America. Uh, uh, and it's all uh, all of these are things that people like Martin Luther King, he died for, for to, to stop this kind of thinking, you know, uh, you judging people on the co color of their skin. And, and that's what critical race theory does. That's what this extremism does is it tells you to judge people based on the color of their skin all, and it teaches it to little kids all the way up to through adulthood uh, apparently you could see this infiltration 
uh, not just in DOD, but across the entire American culture. And it's very disturbing, very disturbing. What, yes, what do you think, sir, are, uh, uh, what's uh, Colonel Lohmeyer's uh, next steps? Are you aware of anything that he's going to be uh, taking on? As well, I'm certainly not, uh, you know, a confident um, of him. I, I can remember talking to him and back in October, and we, I can tell you, he realized back in October that the situation he finds himself in today was very much a possibility in his mind at that time. But if you read his book, and again, I, I haven't completely, I haven't read it yet because I haven't gotten home, but somebody this morning sent me a, uh, his last paragraph. And his last paragraph went to something along the lines of that he just uh, had had lunch with a friend and some other officers. And he was telling them about the book project. And one of his friends said to him, you know, Matt, um, I don't know if you used his name or not, but you know, people respect and you think would want to support somebody who thinks is doing the right thing. So I know in his mind, he thinks he's doing the right thing. I don't think any determination uh, beyond that has, has been made. Although I can tell you in talking with Senator Cotton's military liaison, legislative assistant yesterday, they told me to make sure if he gets out of the Air Force, he runs for Congress. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll help him. I'll be an advisor if he wants me to. No charge. Uh, uh, I, I support veterans through my political action committees uh, and, and they get special uh, treatment like they don't pay commission on TV advice. If, right. Right. If it's coming from my pack because that uh, we need more veterans in Congress. And I, and I don't want him to get out. I think he needs to be the chief of staff of the Air Force someday uh, as, as chairman of the Joint Chiefs someday what I think, because uh, let me just tell you, folks, a, a person like Colonel Lohmeyer, Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer, uh, who has been promoted two years early, uh, uh, I think Bannon mentioned it as deep selected. That's his nautical uh, career. Four times, around. four times distinguished graduate. Yeah, he's been number one in this class, one of the number one. Uh, if it's four times in every school in we've sent him to, he's been a distinguished graduate. Uh, yep. And when I say see, we, I mean, the American people sent uh, send these folks to these schools. That, that means that they're they're at the top one percent uh, within that top one percent every single time, folks. Mm -hmm. So so this man is not someone who is who is uh, just some guy that's uh, decided he's going to make a name for himself. Uh, you know, when I look at the excerpts from the book that I've seen, I mean, he, he is deeply studied this and i'll say it again i think he has studied it so well that he he, he can be a definitive authority uh and studying a, a subject in a in a matter like this is what makes you a definitive authority and combine that with his experience and what he's actually seen and been told he has to do uh and what he's seen others do uh backs up what he's telling you uh so so this is a person who is going to do great things for our country uh, uh, or for whatever entity, no matter where, yeah. get involved in. and thank but God you, we still have. Yeah, but you know, if they cut you or me, we'd we'd bleed Air Force blue, and and to me, that's the thing that that tugs at my heartstrings, I guess, the most is, you know, the Air Force made the decision. I'm not going to criticize it. They made it for reasons that they probably have justification for. But what a talent! What a talent we have lost for our Air Force, uh, which I think is the point you were making. And so, uh, yeah, Matt, Matt's book is number one on, uh, on Barnes & Noble and on Amazon. 
he told me, uh, I talked to him this morning. He said, if it, uh, if it says temporarily out of stock, just go ahead and hit the buy because the printer will keep yeah. printing, is what he told me. Yeah, they print, they print uh, them as they were needed. So uh, especially yeah. on Amazon, keep doing it. Uh, and folks, if you don't follow Jack Kosovic, he, he, he's tweeting about this about 10 times a day. He's got 1.2 million followers, but all the links are there. You go right into his Twitter account and find them within about 10 seconds. Uh, and we need to keep Lohmeyer's book as number one. Uh, and I hope I hope he gets to stay in the Air Force. And, I, and you know what? These things have a habit of being turned around, not necessarily reversed, uh, but good things happen in the future when folks uh, go through uh, a tough spot like this lieutenant colonel is going through if they stay with it. Uh, so we'll see what happens with him. I'm sure uh, the good news is, is we have him, uh, and, and he really believes in freedom and, and he believes in American values or he wouldn't be standing up even, even in uniform. And I think he, he mentioned that, that he's been a, a nonpartisan, apolitical, hasn't called any Air Force leaders out by name, uh, uh, or critic even criticize them, and, and that's the way he should be doing it. So he's kind of gotten some some uh, negative payback for doing the right thing, but that's the way things are uh, in this world, unfortunately. So, so sir, what's the what what's the future for stars look like? Uh, what are your next step? We've talked about a lot of the accomplishments, which are good. Uh, so, what what plans do y'all have? Uh, I should say we have because I'm signing up uh, now that I know there's a website where I can sign up. I'm going to be a member of the group too. We welcome you to the group. Um, I, I guess our, our ultimate goal is to put ourselves out of business, uh, to, to win this war, to keep critical race theory out of the military. Uh, in the meantime, um, we have a uh, congressional outreach program that uh, is run by uh, somebody who's worked the Hill a number of years. Uh, we. Uh, since we're a 501c3, we cannot uh, lobby Congress, but we sure can educate them. And so in an educational vein here now, uh, Senator Cotton has a bill uh, in front of uh, Congress uh, to eliminate critical race theory. You've probably seen some introduced by other congressmen as well. Um, so our, our immediate goals are to keep growing. I mean, we, we, were, only, we were 65 yesterday, now we're over over a thousand people anyway, of who we have email addresses for. Uh, we're gonna raise some money. Uh, we've got a communications committee and a number of other committees that are looking at how do we best spend that money to educate people, um, especially going after the vets because we feel like veterans are, are an important force in the, in the political structure of our country. And most of them uh, you know, we, we do find, I mean, we spoke to over 200 graduates about that initial football coaches Black Lives Matter video, and it was about 85% that thought the video uh, was out, out of place, not called for. But there are some that, you know, kind of support it. Uh, our goal is to educate them. Uh, just as a quick example, in the Zoom that we had the, before the first Zoom, we brought in a number of liberals for two two-hour sessions, Zoom sessions, before we met to the soup, mm -hmm. with the soup on that video. And we said, you convince us of why this video is good, and we're going to convince you of why that video isn't good. I mean, so we did some prep there, and we convinced half of the group on the other side that, yeah, we were right. So, you know, I think, again, if you keep hammering the message. And I just so appreciate uh, you and your show, Rob, get the uh, helping us get the, uh, the message out. 
I would like to close the way that, in fact, you've kind of already stole my thunder a little bit, but but just just to, doing that. <laughs> but just to emphasize what you said, maybe using a few different words, we as Americans have spent trillions of taxpayer dollars over the last seven decades, and we spilled a whole lot of American blood, ten of the, tens of thousands of lives fighting Marxism and communism from Korea to Vietnam and places in between. And yet today we seemingly are letting Marxism just kind of, I said creep, but maybe invade us from within. And we don't want to let that happen because as we've seen from so many examples, it's just divisive. And uh, we appreciate your effort in helping us get the word out about what we're about and we invite your audience to, to come and join us and join in the fight. Well, thank you, General. And what was that website again? S-T-A-R-R-S dot U-S. Dot U-S. Is that correct? Some people have said that they've been having trouble on just the stars dot U-S with two R's, but have been able to get to it with www dot stand together against racism and radicalism in the services. Stars with two R's dot U-S. Okay. So try www dot uh, and the rest of the address, folks. Sorry, uh, uh, well, General Bishop, thank you very much. And thank you. Uh, I know your wife's there with you. Thank your wife for letting you stop and spend some time with us. Uh, uh, the backbone of the every officer right there. Uh, yep. The US culture that makes it you bet it. To happen. <laughs> she put up with 22 moves with me. So uh, I know mine was on number 26 by the time we were oh, done. And, whoa. Uh, uh, and she's still putting up with me doing this because, like you, uh, I'm just uh, I'm just a guy out here not uh, in the lowest paid job in the world, uh, trying to be Thomas Paine and a pamphleteer and putting the truth out. Uh, and we've got to put the truth out, sir. So I do appreciate y'all's time. Safe travels. Uh, thank be you, careful sir. out there. I know you got a long drive ahead of you, uh, and uh, I thank you very much. Uh, we'll send you links to to all the parts of the show that we put out. Uh, we will publish it on Thursday on the website. Uh, and a segment tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night too. So uh, I'll send you a link to those through your email uh, when we're done. That way you guys can share them too. I appreciate that. And uh, God bless you and God bless the United States Air Force and, and really the United States of America with men like you and, and your team, sir. We'll, uh, we'll overcome this and we'll keep it from happening. We're going to win. All Thanks, right. Rob. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. You Pleasure being much. with you. Pleasure to meet you. Bye-bye. God bless you. Bye-bye. Well, uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us today. I apologize for the uh, the comments uh, capability on the show was not working today, so I didn't address any of your comments. Uh, we'll look into that and get it fixed by the, by the next time we air. Uh, I want to thank and all of the service members, uh, both active and retired, who have helped him establish the STARS organization. Uh, and uh, you heard him. You can join stars.us, go to www.stars.us, and you can sign up and get their emails from them because these men and women are apolitical. Uh, you know, I didn't become political till I started running for office. Uh, professional officers, especially, are generally apolitical, and we want the U.S. military to stay apolitical. And right now, there really is an invasion of neo-Marxism and critical theory into the United States Armed Forces. And that can only hurt you and me because when we go to need that team and it can't function because 
it's too busy looking at each other uh, and worried about each other's skin color, uh, then our boat is sunk. So until next week, I'm Rob Manus. This is the Rob Manus Show uh, on LifeSet TV. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, and we will uh, see you on Tuesday.